thanks for tuning in to the Glossy Podcast. I'm your host, Jill Manoff, and today I sit down with Dominic Kafka, who produces New York Fashion Week as SVP of IMG Fashion Events and Managing Director of Focus, IMG's fashion production arm. Fashion Week is returning this week with a full schedule of IRL fashion shows, so I wanted to ask Dominic about the changes attendees can expect and about the long-term impact of losing physical shows for two consecutive seasons. Welcome, Dominic. Hi, um, Jill. Very nice. I'm talking to you again. Um, I'm so glad um, we're today um, to do a podcast. Yes, this is a first for us. Good to see you again. And I think I was exaggerating. I said, we lost shows for two consecutive seasons. There were some. I know Rebecca Minkoff, she like barely missed a beat. Just uh, Jason Wu was out there. Tell me about the year uh, that was in terms of shows. There were limitations. There were a handful of shows. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. There were a few shows. Um, we did not lose all, um, um, and we had some work to do the last year. But of course, um, this last year has been um, very different than <laughs> any other year before. Um, specifically for all those who work in fashion and in live events, and for us because we work in fashion and live events. Um, so yeah, um, last season in February um, twenty one, we produced. Um, few selected shows in New York City, um, as you mentioned, one with Jason Wu. Um, we um, obviously um, aligned with all the very, back then, uh, we had a very strict um, rules and guidelines when it came to events and, and gatherings of people in New York City. So the shows we did in February were very small. I think we had 20 or 25 guests in a very scaled down indoor setup. Um, but for us, it was really important to not miss a full New York Fashion Week. So what we did with most of our other clients who chose not to do a live fashion show with guests, um, they came up with much more creative ways um, to present their collections. A lot of designers did lookbook shoots. Um, a lot of designers produced very elevated fashion films really on a kind of cinematic level e even. And, and the budgets really um, kind of shifted from putting a big show on to putting a big digital or content production on. Um, and now that the COVID situation um, here in, in North America um, is, is better, specifically New York is much better than it was last February, people shift their budgets and their attention and their planning back to live events and back to inviting people and having them witness an actual live presentation rather than just watching um, something on a screen. Yes. Well, tell me about all of those digital shows. Did you find that there were certain, I guess, formats or certain shows that were online that really stood out or that actually um, attracted more views? What was the secret to doing that right? You know, I think I'm not sure if there's like one specific secret, but what I think is really um, amazing is that it opens up um, a lot more opportunities than than a live show, right? Because a live show really follows always a very similar format. You have a location, you invite a few hundred people and um, a runway show normally takes between eight and 12 minutes, right? When it comes to digital content production, your, your opportunities are just much wider. We had designers who shot with us um, um, fun little movies here at Spring Studios where we had a fully set up um, infrastructure and that was following also all COVID restrictions and guidelines from New York State. Other designers opted to do um, an off-site shoot, for example, Parenza Schula. We went with them to the Parish Art Museum um, on Long Island to shoot a really amazing and cinematic um, 
um, little fashion film um, out there. Um, also very safe because we shot it halfway outdoors, halfway indoors in the museum galleries. And that already shows you how, how much more opportunities you really have. Um, and designers really stepped up their game and um, came to the table with a lot of different um, creative um, ideas. So for us, it was a, a nice change seeing so many different content productions um, rather than models walking down a runway. Although now I'm really happy to have to send out models again on a runway after afternoon. Yeah. I know that you know I live for this. I'm so excited. <laughs> but what can you tell yeah. me about um, the the comeback? Um, I know for our own events, I mean, they're not fashion shows, but we talk about, you know, giving people who come and they are there in person, um, making it worth their while and giving them kind of exclusives that maybe the online audience maybe isn't getting. Are you guys having the same type of conversations? Uh, what are you offer offering in person versus online this season yeah so we have basically yeah we have a few different things we offer this season um once obviously um we um work still at spring studios so spring studios will remain the central hub of new york fashion week where most of our activity is happening um, um with this venue here we're supporting the broader industry because we provide a lot of physical production resources um flexible show spaces we completely redesigned um, our gallery show space and um, which you will see um next wednesday we have the first show there um we added more showrooms and um, we work with the black and fashion council so from a physical perspective there's also just more variety in what we're offering here and then um, we uh, we started the IMG Fashion Alliance, which was um, published earlier um, this spring. Um, and in that function, um, we brought um, 11 designers together who are all New York based, New York um, based designers from Altasara to Jason Wu um, to Prenza Schooler. And we support them over the next few seasons. Um, and in exchange, they committed to continuously showing in New York City all the way through 2022 because um, that's our um, help to to really help the industry and help those designers to keep on showing right because that's really important um, and we work very closely with the cfda this season we obviously have a long history of working together with this year and collaborating with them um, but this season it's the first time ever in the new york fashion week history that we um, published our schedule together so it's a combined schedule between cfta we're running the new york fashion week schedule and img who is running um, new york fashion week the show so there's a lot of um new great um activations and activities um coming up because we had a lot of time to think about this obviously um the last year Yes, this calendar uh, collaboration, it didn't get, I feel like, the press that it deserved. This is interesting. And I feel like also, um, you know, the press has done its part to uh, really fuel this idea that there are dueling fashion calendars. It wasn't quite the, I guess, war that it was made out to be. Is that correct? What was the partnership in the past? No, I don't think there's ever been a war. I mean, in the end, we all work um, for the same objective, and that is giving American fashion um, the stage and the audience that it deserves, right? Um, but um, of course, over over the last year, when we've been seeing that consumers spend less money on, on clothing, it affects the designer in the end. It affects each designer's um, sales. So it's even more important that the two organizations who, who, who are really in charge of helping designers to succeed 
um, in the US, the CFTA and IMG, that we work closely together and collaborate um, to, to um, yeah, to just to um, collaborate in the best possible way to support these designers during this really challenging um, year. Yes. What can you tell me about the support or the different approach designers are taking uh, to ensure they're able to make a go of a fashion show. There's all, there have been various uh, numbers thrown around in terms of what it takes to put on a fashion show, the cost of it all. Um, How are you, I guess, helping them out here, if at all, are they seeking out some sponsors? I know at one time like Lowe's was sponsoring fashion shows um, for the individual designers. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of lot of different elements how how we can or how we are supporting um, designers. One is, of course, if you elect to um, show at Spring Studios, um, there's a terrific world class infrastructure that starts with a great lighting setup and sound and scenic pieces and seating um, that every designer gets access to for a very very low cost compared to if you would set up your own. Show space, show space in a warehouse somewhere um, in Brooklyn, right? Um, so one is obviously our centralized footprint. Um, second is we support the designers not only physically, but also online. So newyorkfashionweek.com is the um, primary online destination for all the activities. So designers who do not elect to do a physical show, they can elect to be on our website, which has, I don't know exactly how many, but a lot of viewers um, and it's really, really an amazing place for any fashion fan or any person in fashion to tune in and watch all the action that's happening um, throughout the week. Yes. Um, our sales and market teams, team teams are also brokering designer partnerships, as you said, um, Lowe's was a, was a big um sponsored two seasons ago this season we we've been focusing really on rolling the img fashion alliance out which is our initiative um, where img financially supports um, designers throughout um, three seasons and then we also extended our consumer footprint um, so we're working on a few really amazing activations with um, afterpay who came on board as the new um, presenting sponsor here in new york Yes, story to come on Glossy on that consumer-facing element. I think that's so interesting. Selling tickets, it is a hot event. I don't know why people, like, this is newer. Anyway, <laughs> um, do you think that will bring a different vibe to the to the event to have more consumers on site? Yeah, I think so, definitely. Um, I mean, um, in the end, um, you see in, in other um, entertainment businesses, the festivalization, right? So many things, um, and I think fashion is is well advised to open itself up to more consumers because those are the people who actually buy the pieces in the end, um, and it brings a really um, fun and nice vibe if you have a few fans, so to say, on site, a few people who are really really excited to get access to shows that traditionally have never been accessible for for consumers, right? Because you always had to be invited, you had to be an editor, stylist, um, or someone writing for the press. And then that's really an amazing um, time to work in this industry to witness how it slowly um, opens up through through everyone who is really interested. It's it's a bit of a democratization, um, which which we're really proud of. That we are one of the first um, companies really um, um, connecting designers and consumers and then giving them access to these shows. Yeah. Well, as more designers go in with consumers in mind versus maybe uh, industry or buyers uh, top of mind, 
are you seeing that more this season are uh, doing those see now by now shows? What does that mean for your job? Or do they want more attention to the detail? Do that? Are you guys facilitating e-commerce? What's happening there? Um, I mean, when it comes to see now by now shows, I would say um, the audiences are just growing, right? You want to do a show that is easily accessible from a public um, public transport standpoint. Um, we do a big showcase um, with um, Maison Kitsune on Washington Street, which is accessible for anyone who walks by. You don't need a ticket, you don't need an invite. It's a fun activation that runs the whole day. Um, that Afterpay presents, where you will be able to see a see now buy now collection. Um, we do in total um, three see now buy now shows um, this season, which is a really great start um, for people to enter our our universe. And it's very easy to, to enter this. And then, of course, all these shows, not only the see now buy now shows, all other shows in our schedule um, are being live streamed on yourfashionweek.com. So it's it's I would say it's it, it has never been so easy to access. Um, a New York Fashion Week than, than, than it is now. Yes. What was the, I guess, viewer behavior in the past two seasons? Did you find that people were watching live? Were they watching, catching up when they had time? Um, what was going on with the, yeah, virtual live streams? In September 2020, I'm not sure if I can give you an exact number about how many people watched the live stream. We can probably deliver you that. But in September 20, our event generated more than 300 billion press impressions um, per Talkwalker. And everyone who showed as part of New York Fashion Week saw um, an 800% uptick in the annual press and social coverage, right? Um, so that gives you a little bit of a um, understanding how important it still is for designers to activate during New York Fashion Week and how we can really amplify um, their, their content um, and their message. Yeah. Tell me about the preparation that went in to this season in terms of making it safe and feel safe. I know there are a lot of new criteria and, and guidelines. Uh, what was the planning process? Yeah, I mean, there's obviously still a lot of work around health and safety and and, and COVID and we have to do, um, I would say, um, in a good way, um, doing this event now the third time while still COVID is 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 in, is um, around has we we've learned a lot throughout the last two seasons. So we have a very solid and robust um, health and safety plan in place, and we've continued to work directly in partnership with um, New York State and the governor's office um, on all our guidances and all our restrictions. Um, and as a result of, of that, um, IMG is requiring a full course full course COVID vaccination for everyone who's entering our central footprint here at Spring Studios. Um, and we um, suggest all our designers who we work with on other venues um, offsite to do exactly the same. Um, we are aligned with the CFDA here and so far everyone is really supporting our strict stance here because in the end, um, you know, health and safety of everyone, not even our team, but partners, guests and the whole fashion community is the, is the biggest um, important importance. And in addition to that, um, and aligned with the CDC, we advise everyone to wear masks indoors. Um, so we have a really strong um, layer of, of protection for everyone who is um, who's working here and also for all the consumers who come here um, to access the event. Yes, I know uh, capacity is restricted a bit or maybe a lot. I'm not sure how much. Um, what can we expect? It, will it feel... It won't be quite the uh, <laughs> chairs 
far apart that we saw on the type, top of uh, Spring Studios in the last couple of seasons, or will it be? No, I think we found a good um, medium now. It's not going to be um, 600 people in a room as one and a half years ago, but it's also not going to be 25 chairs and six or eight feet apart um, outdoors. Um, so our capacity at Spring Studios has been reduced um, um, to around 150 to 200 guests. Also really depends on what, what the designer in the entry is comfortable with. We came up with an extremely flexible um, layout here at Spring Studios so you can add or remove as many benches as you want, um, unless you're within the overall capacities that we suggest. And we've also, um, this this setup here and this reduced capacity is a result of our continuous conversations with all our clients we had since last March, since the last fashion we grabbed. And we found that most of the designers feel comfortable now to invite approximately 150 guests maximum 200 guests for shows indoors so that's the capacity you will see those designers who show outdoors are feeling a little more comfortable to add a few more guests and we do as well um if you if you sit outdoors so i think one big change you will see this season there's never been so many outdoor shows um during your fashion week so we're all praying for a week of sun <laughs> um, but it's also um, very very nice to see how how creative location research went this season and, and how with how much great um locations designers really came up yeah what um can you tell me about demand from designers and who wants to do a show this season is it a slower build to maybe where it was or um yeah do, are you at capacity also in terms of designers yes absolutely um absolutely i think in around May, June, we saw really an explosion of requests. People who wanted to show, people who came to us, can you produce our show? Can you find us a location? We want to do something. So everyone is really optimistic and um, extremely excited about this season. Our schedule here at Spring Studios is, I would say, nearly overbooked. There's no slot we have left in any of the venues we have here. Um, the same for all the shows that we as IMG Focus produce offsite off-site and um, we produce three four five shows on some days so we're really busy um i think the business is completely back to work um everyone is excited to see each other again um some people are doing now small dinners or after show cocktails outside which is something that just did not happen um over the last year so to us it, it's it sounds like a little bit of a comeback season after these like very um challenging 16 or 18 months Nice. Well, you mentioned the dinners. What are some other trends in terms of format? Are more people doing presentations? Are they doing runway shows? Uh, yeah, what's happening? Yeah, I would say the main trend is probably outdoor shows. Yeah, I think we're yeah. doing four or five outdoor shows. Um, people love to show in parks, on rooftops. Um, came up with really um, creative ideas in the middle of the street. Um, so I think that's the main, main trend. Yeah. And then, um, the, the evening slots specifically around sunset outside were very, um, very, um, much requested. Um, yeah. And some designers just really look forward to, to see their clients and buyers and press in person, um, again, and host a little cocktail. Yeah. Outdoor. We need to dress accordingly. <laughs> um, do you advise, yeah. um, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, I didn't think of that. Um, do you advise for the digital component that they do more than, I guess, put a camera at the end of the runway? Does that suffice for the digital component of the show? 
I would say no, it does not. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's 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 increasing the importance that um, if you have a smaller capacity in the room or in your in your outdoor equation, that the content you're creating of the show for everyone who watches online is interesting, right? So um, what we are also advising our clients to do is put more budget into um, content creation as in video teams, um, interesting way to create the content and also to edit this content nicely. So we're, we're advising everyone, think about um, additional cameras, think about a jib camera. If you're outside, think about a drone. Um, how can we create a more um, special um, edit after the show rather than just putting three cameras together that you see on the live stream. So there's a lot more thoughts into creating more cinematic and more editorial um, pieces of content rather than just like having two cameras at the end of a straight runway and um, mix live between those two cameras. And that's really, really a good trend. Um, and that, and I think everyone really um, stepped up their game this season. Um, when you will, when you will um, watch all our content on our website, you will see people think more about how can they present this content to their audience. Yeah, for sure. Well, last we talked um, in September of last year, uh, some of the, I guess, uh, bright spots in terms of the changes that we were seeing were that the designers were holding some more intimate events and it was kind of like, well, you're able to have more one-on-one. We were call- You were calling it, or I was calling it, <laughs> white glove service in terms of your, your attendees, your guests, the press. Um, is that important? Will that stick? Obviously, we see that it's, I mean, it's great to have, um, but is there a fine balance, I guess? Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. There, there is a fine balance. I think you won't see any of the 25 or 50 guest shows um, this season, but you also won't see a 800 or 1,000 guest show, right? Um, and I think it's it's still um, kind of a white glove service if, if, if your show just has 150 or 200 guests and it's safely produced and and um, has a, keeps a certain social distance between everyone involved. Um, but it's also not as intimate that you have to look at every invite three times. Hmm, can I invite this person or not? Because I just have 25 seats, right? Um, so I think making shows a little more exclusive is something good, so to say, that came out of COVID. Um, and thinking a little more how, how you can elevate everyone's experience is something um, or is the result of just inviting less people. But I think the times of like, again, having just 25 people in a show are also over. So I think this is a really nice way um, to to work now with these um, adjusted capacities. Yes. In addition to designers, in addition to attendees, uh, just in terms of bringing together a crew to work on these shows and being able to pull in models to walk these shows has this is that challenge uh still in effect yeah i think there's two yeah there's two different groups i mean um we mostly worked the last two seasons only with with local staff um that is based here in new york city because you never know if there's a new travel restriction coming up um or not um and luckily new york has a really great pool of of qualified creatives and, and producers. Um, for models, it's a little bit different. Of course, everyone who lives in the US is here already. There's no travel restrictions. There still, as you know, international 
travel restrictions in place. So for those folks who want to come in from Europe, it's a little more challenging because there are certain visa restrictions um, to travel. Um, I think there was a new news coming out this morning that the other way around is going to be difficult to travel again as well to Europe from here. Um, but that's something which is now somewhat sadly a reality and um, we, we just have to work around and, and work more, more um, local. Yes. Well, I know you've been with IMG for a good, I don't know, decade? <laughs> a while. Years nearly, yeah. Dominic, Quite oh my enough. gosh. <laughs> so tell me about um, the evolution of Fashion Week have, as you've seen it. Like, I'm very nostalgic for, you know, Betsy Johnson and <laughs> crazy shows. Um, obviously, that was like a show and that was entertaining. And we see, you know, on the retail side of things, the the, the importance of having an experience, entertaining the crowd. Is that, I guess, coming back? Is that is that in effect this season? Will we see more of a show? Or how would you describe the evolution, I guess? I'm just talking about my own experience. Do your thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I still remember the Betsy Johnson shows. They were quite a spectacle. Um, we've been talking to a lot of clients about live acts, music acts, um, but it, I don't think it's the season yet to do a gigantic big celebration. Um, but I think um, in the future and thinking like more midterm, what are the next few seasons or years will bring um, the sort of say the clash between entertainment, music and fashion is definitely a big topic. And you see this in, in big shows that are happening in Paris or during the resort seasons when the whole um, industries traveling that there's more and more collaborations between musical artists um, and high-end fashion houses even and that's 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 a trend we've been following here closely as well specifically New York obviously has so many creatives to offer and there's every season a few really great um, collaborations between designers or street artists or musicians um, that we follow closely and I think um, that's a big um, the big next thing if it's not here already yet so yes i like that you used the word festival earlier is that what the the feel is going to be moving forward more of a festival maybe yes i think i think through the democratic democratization and through the fact that much more consumers get access to these shows and the events and the week it, it definitely is going into more of a festival um direction right um, and I think also there's so more, so much more um, possibilities now to present a collection rather than just having a straight runway. You can do presentations, you can do AR or VR experiences. Um, um, there's a lot of um, experiential um, ideas that people throw around there. So it's just, um, I think there are more touch points for designers than in the end to to come and watch um, a collection than just having them sit down um, and watch a show. Um, yeah. yeah, and I think that's 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 going to become the future when it comes to consumer interaction um, during yes. our events. Well, in your role, IMG Fashion Events, uh, IMG's fashion production arm, are you doing more events that fall outside of this um, schedule, the the official um, seasonal calendar? And uh, yeah, tell me about the importance of being, or I guess the perk of being within this calendar. Um, yes, we do a few things outside of the calendar, which I can't tell you yet, but we're doing a few things in December um, here in New York. That's going to be a, um, 
new initiative we're launching beginning of next year um, somewhere else in the US. Um, I think it's still important to be part of New York Fashion because it just has such a big halo effect, right? Um, but again, in the end, it needs to make sense for everyone's individual business. What's the best schedule? What's the best time to show? Is it better to, to show during a see now, buy now um, cycle or through an industry showing cycle or during resort? Um, that's, that's really up to each and everyone's designers. We as IMG Fashion and also uh, as Focus as a production agency, we um, service our clients to whatever they want to do. And we are, we are advising them on, on what fits best um, to their um, business goals. Yep, that makes perfect sense. Well, if you had to say uh, any, anything positive to take away from the last year, something that you hope will stick, what would you say that is? Um, something that I hope will stick. I mean, I think there are so many hygienic measures that are now part of the everyday life, which I think will never go away. And that's a great um, addition. Um, using more hand sanitizer, people washing their hands more often, people keeping distance, wearing masks if, as needed. Um, I think that's a, that's a really good addition. Um, I think as well that working from home, working over Zoom has some good sides, right? Now, most of our client creative meetings, you can just call someone on video rather than going to the city, setting up a meeting. It has all its pros and cons. I would say it's also not good to sit at home for um, 12 hours every day in front of Zoom. <laughs> it's a bit draining. Um, but I think, um, yeah, the, the uh, technology is technologization of um, working, I think, is, is a good thing because it simplifies things, right? You can go a week to the beach and work from there, um, which is sometimes nicer than sitting um, in New York City. <laughs> uh, so that, that I would say is two, two positive things that came out of this. Right on. Uh, what can you tell me, uh, heading in, what you're most excited about? Oh, there's a lot of great moments and they're all so secret. <laughs> so, but, uh, <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. What I, yeah, I'm, I know. Um, but what I can tell you, um, what's going to be really amazing is on um, um, Friday, September 10th, our um, Maison Kitsune and Afterpay Showcase on Washington Street, accessible for everyone. You can drop by on Washington Street um, between 12 and 8 p.m. There's a great musical lineup great designer presentation um, that's a public event. So it's a consumer driven event, um, which has been announced. So that's why I can um, tell you all about the details. <laughs> and then we have a few really great shows. Um, most of them are outdoors and are really great surprises um, that you will see um, if you tune into our live stream. Another highlight I can mention because it has been published is um, Lachman Smith is showing on September 9th on Empire State Building, um, a show we produce, which is kind of an historical moment because there has never been a fashion show there. Um, and I don't know if there's ever going to be a second one. Personally, it's kind of interesting because when I did my first trip to the US in 2001, actually in June 2001, the first thing we did with my parents was we went to the Empire State Building. I was 16 years old and I found the picture the other day. I was like, oh, if I had known that um, a few years later um, we produced the first fashion show up there, um, I would never believe anyone. So that's a little bit of a full circle, full um, circle. moment, I would say. So those that's... are two highlights, but we have a few more in, in store. 
Yeah, that's huge. Laquan has been on the Glossy Podcast. Like, this is going to be major. I will be watching or and or tuning in. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And then you will, after the week's all over, you will uh, take a big, long vacation? Yeah, a big, long sleep normally from uh, Monday to Wednesday, I sleep. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, yeah, we have a few days off, but um, not too long because um, um, the cycle between September and February is so much shorter with the holidays and Thanksgiving. So we're all back to the office on October 1st and have to um, hammer out next season. It really never stops, which is a good thing. Wow. Planning already. Well, awesome. It is all worth it. Dominic, thank you for being here. I'm so excited. Thank you so much, Jill. Um, It was very nice talking to you. That's all for this episode. Our theme music is by Otis McDonald. If you liked this episode, be sure to share it with someone else you think would. Thanks for listening to the Glossy Podcast.